This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to the instant reaction of the Michigan State victory over Rutgers. It was a big one for Michigan State because, hey, let's face it, they are now bowl eligible. And for MSU fans, you know what? We People were saying, give me 6-6 six and six in a bowl game. Well, you got 6-0 and oh in a bowl game. How about that? Now. There was some good and there was some bad in this game. This game, wild ride. You got Peyton Thorne out there throwing for 340 yards, three touchdowns. <laughs> and his favorite receiver today, not Jane Reed, you know, because they went to high school together. No, 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 no. It was Jalen Naylor, five catches, 221 yards, three touchdowns. All of his touchdowns were over 60 yards. He was the big play guy today. And, oh, by the way, let's not forget the guy in the backfield, number nine himself, Kenneth Walker III, K-9, 28 rushes, 223 yards, one touchdown. <laughs> the touchdown, a 94-yard run. So longest play in MSU history. For Michigan State, they did all the right things. They hit the big plays early, and they hit the big plays often enough to come away with that 31-13 victory over Rutgers. Second half, they scored 10 points. They broke that scoring drought because before that, they had only scored six points in the last two games, nine if you include the overtime against Nebraska. But now, the bad. It was some bad clock management, bad penalties. Uh, i got to be honest with you, I'm not even counting last year, but this may have been the worst game that I've seen the MSU coaching staff coach. It looked like a lot of confusion out there. People just weren't on the same page. Uh, you know, the, I think the two most egregious things that we saw may have been the, the fake field goal early in the game. Michigan State dro- takes the opening drive, goes all the way down, and then all of a sudden they run the ball three times, and then they go for what looks like a field goal, but it was a fake. Now, Beringer takes it, rolls out. I thought he was going to throw the ball. I was expecting to see a tight end, maybe a Malik Carr running underneath. No, it was just him. Now, this was something they said that they saw in film, but, man, if you're going to go for it, yeah, when the fakes work, it looks great. I mean, we all remember Mark D'Antonio and Little Giants and Mousetrap and all of that stuff, but when you have the number one rusher in the nation, when you have the number one uh, all-purpose leader in the nation. You may want to leave those guys out on the field. Really punch Rutgers in the mouth early. Let them know you're not going to beat us. They didn't. They come away with nothing. Rutgers actually goes down and scores first. And for the first time, 
uh, under Mel Tucker, when the opposing team scored first, Michigan State still won the game. Now, they came back, and that was the first of many uh, touch, long touchdowns by from Peyton Thorne to Speedy Naylor. MSU seized control. And the game really, I don't think, after Michigan State uh, took, the, took the lead 14 to 7, I, I don't think the game was really in doubt. They dominated in yards, almost doubling what Rutgers put out there. The only problem was it was just that knockout punch. It was the mental mistakes. It was the little mistakes that Michigan State did at the end of the half. You got the ball, you're down, you're driving, you came away with nothing, and it looked as if there was confusion once again on the offense. They had a timeout in their pocket, and rather just call a timeout, get everybody together, the clock ran down, Peyton Thorne throws it out the back of the end zone, they do a review, ends up giving them one second back on the clock, and then Greg Schiano, you know, good gamesmanship on his part, kept calling timeout, kept calling timeout, and finally... In the end, uh, Geiger misses it, and you know, then and 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 now we're sitting there with wondering what the heck just I mean, not Geiger, Coglin, redheaded kicker. Sorry, Coglin misses it, and the next thing you know, Michigan State goes into halftime and it's 21 to 13 rather than 28 to 13, and that extra score really. I think would have put Spartan fans at ease, especially with the lack of scoring that they did in the fourth quarter. I mean, in the second half. Now, what happened was in the second half, Michigan State's defense really tightened up. They got uh, Rutgers to turn it over on downs a few times. They even got a turnover. It was the second half defense that that you hope to see, that Rutgers did, wasn't able to move the ball. They weren't able to get into the end zone, and Michigan State actually scored. Like I said, it's good to go 6-0. Defense showed up, got some more sacks. They got a uh, turnover, almost had, had a um, big fella scored in for a scoop and score late in the game. I think what needs to, you, you got to shore up the penalties. You got to shore up the penalties, especially the clock penalties. I mean, this isn't holding. And yeah, on, on, on Walker's run, there was holding. This isn't a bogus pass interference. Clock penalties are penalties you can control. Somebody has to be in charge to say, hey, we got to get this ball off. You saw it at the end of the half. You also saw it in the beginning of the second half when, you know, they were pinned in deep and ended up getting a couple of delay of game penalties and the false start. And it's like, guys, pre-snap penalties are really unacceptable. Why? Because you're probably thinking to yourself, you know, Rico, Michigan State won the game. Why are you acting so concerned? I guess I'm looking forward to when you play the three top 10 teams. When you play Michigan, when you play Ohio State, when you play Penn State, you can't afford to have these types of penalties. Now, granted, we're at the house money stage. Michigan State has far exceeded what we thought that they were going to be. But if you want to really be considered one of the big boys, you can't beat yourself. The thing that like schools like Ohio State, what they did to Maryland, when something works, you just keep going with it. You exploit it. I thought they kind of went away from just the deep threat early. They would come back to it. But you know what? If it's working, you keep going until Rucker stops you. That's just my thing. You know, they scored 10 points in the second half. They got the victory. I think they left a few touchdowns out on the field. Now they're on to Indiana, Indiana minus Michael Penix Jr. 
and probably Michigan State looks like they're going to end up sneaking into the top 10 because, uh, yeah, thanks to Boise State, you know, the number 10 team has now lost. So if you're MSU, you get an opportunity to become a top 10 team. Nobody, I mean, nobody saw that coming. Let's just be real. But Michigan State, yeah, they're going to continue with this success. I expect them to be 7-0 going into the bye, getting ready for Michigan. It'll be another game on the road, but like I said, I think Indiana minus Michael Penix Jr., it'll be another game where they can go out there and really try to iron out the bugs and get ready for that final push where three of your final five games will be probably against top 10 teams. But for now, Mel Tucker keeps chopping. He goes into Piscataway and beats the University of Rutgers, whose logo does look like Radio Shack. He beats them 31-13. to Defense kept Rutgers from scoring at all. The bend but don't break defense. They gave up a lot of yards, but I do like how they play in the red zone. They don't give up the touchdowns. Michigan State, top 10 team, probably on Sunday. We'll see what happens next week, but I expect a victory. I'll have more on this later on in the week on the Five Star Zone. Make sure you subscribe to the Five Star Zone. If you got any questions, feel free to to send me a tweet, and I will try to answer them on the next zone. Until then, continue enjoying your football this weekend.